Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. When it comes to running, it's easy to fall into patterns. Same route, same shoes, same sessions, same paces, and surprise, surprise, same results. And while solid routine is no bad thing, if the routine contains limiting elements, you can end up on a hiding to nothing, with boredom, fatigue, or worse still, burnout just around the corner. Today on Irishman Running Abroad, the great Sonia Sullivan talks to us about the small changes we can all make to get the most from our running and the mistakes that many people make in their first years at it. You're back in London, Sonia. You're on your way to Portland. This is a brief stop, is it? This is a brief stop. And it was last night I was nearly thinking it was a needed stop because I was afraid that I wasn't going to make it to the airport or even <laughs> on the plane take off. But um, it yeah, everything wild. worked out good. It was a wild yeah. storm. Like it was really, I was like, how is she going to take off in this weather? Was it hair-raising in terms of getting um, off the off the runway? I uh, know that the flying was actually not too bad. There was a couple of bumps, but um, it was more the driving to get from Cove to Cork Airport, which is not very far. <laughs> it, it definitely <laughs> took um, probably twice as long as normal. I had to go and pick up Joe from Curie's BMW to drop me off. And my mother was giving out to me for taking this man out of his nice warm house <laughs> on, a, on a miserable Sunday evening. <laughs> it's good to know that you still get given out to by your mother. Uh, I mean, it is, it's part of Irish life. If you didn't get a bollocking from your mother once a year, <laughs> I mean, are you even Irish at that point? Uh, but you're driving uphill, obviously, out of Cove with the uh, water streaming down towards you. Was it just ridiculous flooding? Oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, every it was funny because when I picked up Joe, I actually had to drive to true two floods in Little Island. And I um, I was thinking, God, how am I going to do this? Because I wouldn't like driving, you know, in kind of not normal conditions. Mm. <laughs> and so I just waited to see what everybody else was doing. <laughs> <laughs> to see you follow my example and hoping that they knew what they were doing. And, um, yeah, managed to get there. And then the whole road was blocked on the way to the airport because there was water. It just seems there was just so much water. So we had to go the back roads, but then every time you're going uphill, you're kind of breathing a sigh of relief. But every time you go down into a dip, you're worried you're going to come across <laughs> yeah. another flood of water. It's not a bad metaphor for what we're talking about today, Sonia, because a lot of people who are doing running are literally just following what they're seeing everyone else doing. And then they do hit a kind of a, a bottleneck of people encountering the same problems. Even this morning, I'm at the physio and I can hear the person in the room next to me with another running issue. And that's why I thought this episode would be so much fun to do, to just kind of get to those little changes that could have avoided these things that could let you get you away from that flood of problems that might await you as a runner. Uh, I'll turn that off. That shouldn't be beeping. Highly unprofessional. Later on, we will dip into the mailbag, get Sonia's tip of the week and have a quick jaunt around the parishes and visit Sneakers Corner, a new part of the show. Sneakers Corner, where we talk about runners for a bit of news on how to return your shoes with zero hassle 
no questions asked. That was my experience this week. So your first response, Anya, when I brought this idea for this episode up to you was the change of perspective as the first change that people need to think about. What did you what did you mean by that to start with? Well, I think we all have, I suppose you can get locked into this kind of doing the same thing every day, every week. And I was thinking about this when I was running around the park this morning, because when you run around Bushy Park, of course, I fall into this habit of, you know, me used to run around, me, not me. <laughs> me. me. <laughs> it's a bad sentence. Me running. Memories of myself. Yeah. <laughs> running around there at a good pace, you know, so automatically my connection with running and television is fast running. Right. And um, so what it made me think about was that so many runners follow the same pattern and plan of like the best runners. So the runners who are out there competing at the highest level, everybody else is kind of following what they do. And there's this traditional pattern of long run Sunday and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday sessions, all with different variations of types of sessions, some hills drawn in there. And then fill in the gaps in between. And so as we go through life, you change. And like for elite runners who retire, they try to keep doing that for a while. And then they eventually fall out of it. And then they find another way of coming back to a similar similar pattern again. And it's like this safety zone that you have Hmm. that you fall into and it resets you. But I think when you reset, you don't always have to reset in the same way that you can change things up a little bit depending on you know what life is throwing at you at that moment in time what the weather is throwing at you the seasons you know as the seasons change it's the perfect time to kind of make a clear out of old habits and try and do things a little bit differently it's like you know you can you, you do a bit of a clean out in your house every time the season changes and the weather changes you can do the same with your training because yeah. you do have to adapt and adjust as you're heading into the winter. And it shouldn't have to be miserable and, you know, not kind of motivating going out the door. Like, if it's batting down rain and blowing a gale, you shouldn't feel like you have to go out there. Um, but I'm sure you know, there's so many people out there who go through this runner's guilt, you know, of feeling, I'm not going to be able to, like, settle down or focus on anything today until I get out. Sure, yeah, we can all associate with that feeling. And it, as, as you say, as the winter months appear on the horizon, it, it can feel nearly ominous, the thought of, oh God, I'm going to have a day here where I'm a drowned rat coming home. Well, what's your advice on that then? What, what do you say to people in that position? Um, well, I think, you know, there's no problem going out in the conditions, but I think you have to embrace them for what they are. You just have to adjust the expectations of, of what you're about to do mm. and you enjoy it. So I, I think I was sitting at home in Cove on Saturday morning and I didn't really have any fixed plan in my head what I was going to do. I kind of wanted to go for a run. I hadn't really committed to any park run or anything. And I think, you know, you get these lazy mornings and you take your time and next thing the hours are getting away from you. And I knew I only had limited time and I really had to do something. So I called up um, my friend, Mary DeBarra, 
And I said, we've, we've met Mary with on the podcast. Of course. Over on. And um, she was actually supposed to be away for the weekend. And oh, there was a, some issue with her car, so she had to come back. And we were supposed to, oh, yeah, that's right. We were supposed to go for a cycle, but that was cancelled because of the wind. And um, <laughs> the wind, like. <laughs> um, so I said, what are you doing? Do you want to go for a walk? And, you know, it was just that I think sometimes you just have to make a connection with somebody to get yourself moving. And then, cause all of, then all of a sudden you've got to your time, you set a time and you got to work, work with that time frame. And, um, she's like, yeah, I'm up for a walk. When, when do you want to go? And I'm like, I can leave here in 10 minutes. So then all of a sudden I'm under a time pressure to do something and to get going. Yeah. And I think that's what we all need sometimes. And sometimes that can be a weekend thing. You know, we, all tend to relax on the weekends because you think you can have a little bit of a sleep in unless you have to be somewhere for some kids sports or something like that um, or a park run. And I think sometimes you just need to arrange to meet someone. And I think that's a big thing that I'm going to try and do the next few months is particularly when I go back to America, because normally when I'm over there, I tend to do a lot of the training and like running and exercise and stuff by myself and there's got to be people out there who I can meet um, because otherwise it just becomes a bit monotonous and you're doing the same thing over and over again you feel good afterwards but you're not getting the same buzz out of it that you do when you're out there walking with somebody else or running with somebody else or even just meeting somebody else and you know talking about what you'd like to do or why you're doing a certain thing. Yeah, look, that's a it's a great place to start from a big wide lens piece of advice uh, to start this episode off that shift in perspective towards not seeing your winters running ahead as this lonesome hermitage that you must endure before spring arrives and teaming up really and making it part of someone else's schedule as well. It, it sounds like a big change, but it's actually quite small, right? It's a, like it's it's going to it's going to take a bit for some people who aren't this way inclined to pick up the phone or join their local club. But I'd imagine that the change on a wide scale is going to be significant. Let's go super small then. Let's go down to the thing that a lot of people struggle with. You mentioned it already, and that's the session. I've seen people or I've talked to people about how they just don't enjoy the session. They can't get their head around. They always seem to mess it up. They either go too fast. They go too. they, they make the session too difficult. Is there any one change again in the theme of this episode, a small change that you would give to your runners to help them just get the most out of these sessions and not, again, not regard them as this big ominous threat coming on a Tuesday. Yeah, well, I actually did it last week with a friend of mine in Australia, Neo O'Reilly. Um, she had done a park run and she was running kind of average times that she wasn't. It was, well, I get like this sometimes where you run and particularly you finish in a time and it's harder than it should be. Mm. So you know that you don't have, you're doing it, but you're not really prepared to do it at the level that you want to do it or that would make you a bit more content. So I had said to her, well, we need, just need to do a little bit of a reset week here. And it's just kind of really realistically looking at 
you know, your fit, your current fitness level and where you're at and working with that. And sometimes you have to take a step back from that and do some probably easier sessions. So they're not quite threshold even. They can be what we call sub-threshold. So you do something like, and I did this before the pink run as well. You just try and get yourself a solid week of ticking the boxes and just doing things for, you're never overextending yourself. You're just going through what you think is a good week. So it's like you're following the recipe. You've got all the ingredients there mm -hmm. and you're going to work with them at what, you know, the level that you're at. You're okay. not over, expect too much. And in the following week, she went out and ran a park run and she said, Oh, if you ran a 20 seconds faster, but you felt so much better because you d it's like you, your mindset is different. You, you make up your mind that I'm going to do something about this and I'm going to, every run I do is going to have a purpose to it and it's going to help me to be a better runner. Now, a better runner doesn't necessarily mean a faster runner. It just means that you actually feel better running when you grow to line up and, and run a hard effort like a park run or a low for a race or, you know, something that you set yourself a goal or a target of doing. Right. So a reset week. I mean, I've heard you say it a couple of times and I, I didn't really know what you meant when you were saying it to me. I'd see it in the plan as a reset week. But that does make sense. Pulling back the effort level on this reset week to the point where you're nearly replenishing your willpower in some ways. Is that what it is? Um, yeah, you're just kind of not expecting too much. Because I think when when you get a bit frustrated with running and you're not happy with how you're going, it's probably indication that you need a little bit of a rest. Mm. And like we all have this problem of we don't want to have a rest or we don't want to stop because we don't want to lose fitness because then you have to regain fitness. But sometimes you have to get unfit to get fitter and to get better. Mm. And reset because you keep doing the same thing over and over again. It just gets, it does get monotonous and boring. And, you know, you, you there's no like energy, energy about it that gives you the buzz of looking forward to going down to the track to meet the people at the club. And you have to go there with the right mindset. You can't be just turning up for the sake of turning up. You have to be there excited to, you know, do the session or go for the long run or whatever it is. But, that excitement, it can't be there all the time. Like we all have this kind of time where you kind of question, I'm not as excited about this anymore. I don't feel the buzz or the energy. Gotcha. Probably, be, probably yeah. because you need a little bit of a break from it. And it's as much mental as physical. And you just need to re-energize. And, and sometimes that can be doing different things. I mean, this is uh, like the this reset week is, I guess, number two in this set of small changes that we can make to get the best out of our running. And I can I can already feel myself applying this because that sensation that you're describing of not really not, I should be enjoying this more is probably the kind of unspoken thing, the most unspoken thing among runners that everybody's meant to be loving it and enjoying it so much. I'm so lucky I get to run. I don't have to run, but it just doesn't always feel like that. So rather than giving us a tip for the sessions themselves, you've given us a tip for pulling back a little bit and then coming back with a 
revitalized sense of fun and enjoyment in the thing. Yeah, because I think once you find a way to make yourself to go through a week and have a good run every time you go out, enjoy the runs, there's a purpose to every run. And sometimes that can be just slowing down, going to a nice place. And then the following week, you say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that again now. And I'm going to feel better doing it because I've got my body is tuned in here now and the rhythm is good. I'm good for the track. I'm good for the long run. And you really just have to concentrate on the specific day. And the other days are the ones that you should definitely be trying to find either someone to run with, um, some podcast to listen to, or a nice place to go and run. And I think that's really helps a lot. I think if you make an effort to go somewhere nice to run and you know then you can just take yourself away from running around the streets having solid traffic light um being away from the cars if you can find some kind of a, a river trail a canal trail a park and then i think you can lose yourself in the moment when you do that and you just take that one hour to yourself where you know you're not worried about anything else that's going on around the place mm. Yeah, I probably had one of my least satisfactory runs ever this weekend in Coventry before I did my shows there. I kind of circumnavigated the entire inner city of Coventry. Not the most crack, as you say, stopping, negotiating uh, zebra crossings and stuff. I did just think to myself, why didn't I just get in a taxi and go to a nice park and give this a good lash there? I I can definitely vouch for that as a something that we're all reluctant to do, but just pays dividends from the perspective of what you've just said, losing yourself a little bit in it. That can lead us on to the third change that we're looking for. And that is in terms of scheduling. And you've kind of touched on it a few times here, Sonia, but I certainly since moving back to Ireland have found scheduling a bit tougher Uh, work a little bit more intense. I can't be the only person listening to this right now going, yeah, they've ratcheted things up with the cost of living crisis. Is there any small change you can make in terms of how you get out the door and how you schedule running into your life now that the hours are less in terms of daylight and your hours are less in terms of family and work commitments? Yeah, I mean, I think we'd all like to get out first thing in the morning and then have it done and get on with things. But sometimes, particularly in the winter time, it's probably worth looking at the upcoming weather and looking for, you know, a break in the weather. There might be one hour in there somewhere that might be more suitable and it might be a bit more motivating to go out in that hour than to force yourself out first thing in the morning Mm. and be miserable about it. So... (laughs) I know I did this one time when I was in Melbourne in the winter and I was actually riding the bike a lot and it was so cold early in the morning I just couldn't bear it like my fingers and toes were absolutely freezing so instead I kind of organized myself to have do whatever work I needed to do in the morning and then I would go out at lunchtime so I said okay I'm going to go at one o'clock here and it takes a bit of getting used to because it's a bit of a break in the day and you have to be fairly um, strict about it sometimes if you need to get back to work because, you know, one hour can become two hours very quickly. 
like when you go out for sure. a bike ride or a run, and by the time you come back and you get shower and changed and have something to eat, and you know, all of a sudden it's five o'clock in the evening and you've no work done. Um, so you do have to, uh, you probably do have to make like if you're going to do something like that, you got to block the time out in the middle of the day and say, right, this is the best hour today. I'm going to go for it and enjoy it and just be really energized by that because of the fact that you've actually made the decision to do it a little bit differently. Mm. Well, one of the tips you gave me maybe two years ago was picking out the gear and it was at just a tiny change. <laughs> and it probably reflects how into the gear I am that I would have spent way too long figuring out what I was what's the right thing to wear were the right socks what's the right top do I need to layer this uh, you know I said to Tina once that uh it took me 45 minutes to get ready to go for a 40 minute run <laughs> and I can't be get, again I can't be the only one who, who's gone through this but you said just sort it out the night before and suddenly it was like a no-brainer it's it's there that that thought process is taken away from uh is that something that you had early on in life or was that something you you came to later yeah i think i came to it a little bit later probably more when um kira and Sophie came along and i had to be a bit more efficient with my time and you know i suppose when you're trying to sneak out the door you know yeah. you've got your you don't want to be making too much of a noise and waking people up. You just want to get out there before anyone knows you're gone. Yeah. Um, but so I think the thing there, the most important thing is that you know what the temperature is going to be because that's definitely going to influence what you wear and and you know if it's going to be raining. I mean, everything else is okay. I mean, there's nothing worse than going out either overdressed or underdressed and you're just not comfortable for the first 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, 100%. And if you're overdressed, you're not comfortable for the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned that the hard way. Uh, let's kick on to number four, uh, because this is one that everybody has an, an issue with on some level. It's their long run. They're either not getting enough out of it. They feel like they can't get that extra bit of distance that they've been advised to increase their long run every week. Or they just hate the long run even though you're meant to enjoy it they secretly despise having to do this run for this length of time and they've stopped enjoying it is there like what is the tip that you would say that you would give to somebody who is feeling like their long run is not what it once was i think the big thing with the long run is you have to figure out why am i doing this like what's the purpose of this long run and you know, I think once you have the answer to that, then you accept it and then you enjoy it because you think, okay, well, this is, you know, this is going to set me up for the whole week if I get my long run done here. You can get so much benefit from doing a long run and it doesn't have to be at any kind of pace. It's one of those runs where you can set out and you can go slow if you like, or if you start to feel good, you can actually go a little bit faster. Um, now, in the long run is most important if you're training for the marathon. If you're not training for a marathon, then it's really just opening up your whole aerobic stores and you're just building up the aerobic capacity that you have mm. that allows you to train more during the week, that allows you to, when you're running a race, it allows you to get further in the race. And 
it's just one of those things. It's like building a foundation and week upon week upon week after four weeks, you'll have, you'll know exactly why you're doing it. So you'll feel the benefit, you'll start to feel the benefit. Yeah. Um, I mean, the I think that sometimes the times that I've had where I've not enjoyed my long run, it's precisely because of what you're saying, that I'd lost sight of its purpose in the bigger scheme of things, that there was some idea that had taken hold in my head that oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll do this loop again and I'll do it a bit faster this week when that's completely getting off track from what the purpose is. The purpose is not time. The purpose is not pace. It, it, it's to increase your fitness, correct? Yeah, a lot of it is just time on your feet. It's they're aerobic, so it's a very low level run that you're doing. That like the the effort is not that great, and it's the it's the one run during the week where if you can do it with people, it the time just goes by so much more quick quickly. It just the it's very social. It's like it's like people who go for a cycle on the weekend except when you're on the run you don't stop for coffee (laughs) (laughs) or if you're going through Kinsale you don't stop for coffee but you can you could have a coffee afterwards or you can yeah I mean I think that's you know I think if everybody's meeting somewhere then that's the thing with the long run is I think people get so busy in their lives that everyone wants to start out their own front door Mm. and so it's harder for people to get together and to run together but there's so many people out there who, when they do make an effort and they do meet up with people, and I've done this myself, and you think, oh, I'm so glad I did that. It just makes a world of difference because all of a sudden you're not thinking about how long you're going to be out there, how far you're going to go, what pace you're going to do. You're just out for a social and a chat and you're getting the work done. Yeah, lovely stuff. I mean, I will say the one change that you gave me a while back that changed my long run was just the acceptance that if you stop or walk, it's no bad thing. Uh, that's still the case, though, right? I, I'm not wrong on that. You should be allowed. You, you should allow yourself to stop at times, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes you just need to stop and have a bit of a stretch. Maybe you have to stop to cross a road or something. Um, but it's it's weird, like the the things that go through your mind when you stop, like, I mean, I don't I feel sometimes when I stop, you don't want anyone to see you stopping. (laughs) (laughs) The shame. I know. It's a weird, nobody cares, you know. Nobody nobody, gives a shit. Nobody's paying any attention. Like this morning, I was in the park this morning and I stopped at one point. I kind of thought, I just need a little bit of rest here. So I just stopped for a quick stretch and then to get going again. And I could see these runners coming in the distance and I thought, they look like proper runners out there flying along. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I knew I would know who they were. Like that. So I did this quick stretch and I thought, I better get going here before <laughs> they know I've stopped. <laughs> and it so was strange. Um, <laughs> it was actually, it was Jake Whiteman, the world's 1500 meter champion from this year. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they're concentrating on what they're doing. I said hello, they said hello, but, you know, they could care less what I'm doing in the park. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that was it. I remember that advice being given to me that 99% of the time, 99% of the people aren't looking at you. It just feels the opposite sometimes. And if you can shake that out of your head, you're probably free to do an awful lot more stuff, including running. In the second half of the show, we're going to get into an awful lot more of these, including that habit of comparing 
at how you can change your stravanoia, as I call it. We'll look at uh, a few other sides of this, this changes that Sonia has flagged to me that everyone can make to see better results from their running and more enjoyment from it, which is ultimately what we're chasing. As I said, we're going to dip into the mailbag, have a jaunt around the parishes and then get Sonia's tip of the week. We've also got Sneakers Corner now. Sonia, this is big for me because last week I mentioned that my old vapor flies had a, a mild tear in them. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to give these back. I've got some great news for you in the second half of the show. If you're having a similar issue with a worn out pair of expensive super shoes, I have big news coming in the second half of the show over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Come over and join us and start enjoying the benefits of premium Irishman Abroad. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. 